Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for the food that we will eat this day and the hands that have prepared it. We thank you for the farmers that tended the fields and cared for the flocks. We thank you for the laborers who harvested the produce and packaged it for transport. We thank you for the truck drivers who delivered it and the shelf stockers who made it available to us. We thank you for the cashiers who may or may not have helped us purchase it and the marketing teams who showed us where to shop for it. We thank you for the oil workers and power plant laborers who made it possible for those trucks to run and stores to stay open. We thank you for the road crews and first responders who make safe and efficient transportation possible. We thank you for the financial professionals and software engineers who enable us to use a debit card or a smartphone to move money from one account to another whenever we buy something. We thank you for the support staff who helped us do our jobs and the managers who trained us for them. We thank you for the HR professionals who hired us and the teachers and professors who taught us. We thank you for the investment managers who safeguard our resources and the government officials who protect our markets. We thank you for the labor organizers and creative geniuses and venture capitalists and bond issuers who keep our economy going. We thank you for every sacrifice that was made in order for us to feast on the bounty that will be on our tables today. And we pray that you would make us mindful of the innumerable multitude that has contributed to our celebration this Thanksgiving. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I remember teaching an early Tuesday morning Bible study, and a volunteer offered to pray, and it was a men's Bible study, which means the prayers were usually pretty short and to the point. But one volunteer one week just listed off one after another of the individuals, the groups, the teams that had made it possible for us to gather. And as his list went on and on, my heart opened just a little bit to appreciate just how much goes into every meal we share, every moment we share. It takes a lot of work to make a Thanksgiving meal happen. Some of you are either ahead of the game, which is why you are here, or you've been kicked out of the house so that your spouse can have some space to do some work. Whatever it is, it's good for us to be together. I wonder how much each of us is responsible for the meal that we will share today. Moses, it seems, has an answer for us. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God. Do not say to yourself, my power. And the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God. For it is God who gives you the power to get wealth so that God may confirm the covenant that God swore to your ancestors as God is doing today. When Moses spoke those words to the people of Israel, they were getting close to the end of their journey through the wilderness from Egypt to the land of Canaan. The snakes and scorpions that they had encountered in that arid wasteland were memories that had not yet begun to fade. Everyone who heard Moses' voice 
had a story of struggle and triumph that they could tell. They all knew where they had been and that it was God alone who had brought them safely to that point. But Moses knew that it wouldn't be long before the people forgot, before those stories of struggle lost some of their historical precision. It wouldn't be long before those stories became mere legendary tales of the ancestors passed down through their families. Remember the Lord your God, for it is God who gives you the power to get wealth, Moses urged the people. That's easier said than done. That kind of remembering that we are urged to do this day takes a lot of effort, especially when our tables are full of food and those moments of hardship have passed beyond our personal recollection. To remember the way that God invites us to to remember in a way that even brings the covenant between us back to life. That kind of remembering is more than a conscious recollection. That kind of remembering needs to embody something again, to reconstitute in our lives a truth that is bigger than the stories we tell. But how are we supposed to make real for us something that none of us remembers on our own? We use liturgies to help us with that. Some of our liturgies are formal and official, like the one we do today. Think about the truths that we, the people of God, bring back to our hearts every time we gather for Holy Communion or for Ash Wednesday, for a baptism or for a funeral. But many more of our liturgies are personal and familial Think about the way your family opens presents on Christmas Day. Think about how you celebrate a big birthday. Think about all the ways that you communicate to the members of your family what really matters when you fall back effortlessly into that pattern of doing things the way they've been done for generations. Our liturgies are what tie us to the past and help us re-encounter that part of our story that none of us can afford to lose. Thanksgiving is a holiday full of liturgies. And I don't just mean the one that we do in church today. Think about that hand-shaped turkey that you drew back when you were in kindergarten. All of us did. Think about how that taught you, even from an early age, to name the things for which you are grateful. Think about the way you will gather at your table today. We know who will say the blessing. And in some families, every member is invited to give one word of thanks before the blessing is said. Think about the people whose recipes you will enjoy today. A great-grandmother's cranberry relish or a housekeeper's famous rolls. Allow your sense of gratitude to spring forth from the child within you, and even to fill those lives that stretch back for generations and stretch on ahead further than we can see. We need liturgies to give us that sort of thankfulness because the thankfulness that we are invited into today is pretty controversial. On almost any other day of the year, it's a pretty hard thing to convince someone that every ounce of their success is a gift. Whether it's the college we got into, 
or the business loan we received or the real estate holdings that our parents had or, or the, the property taxes that were used to fund our education, we didn't get where we are by ourselves. We had help along the way, and some of us had a lot of help. And even that bit of progress that we scratched out through our own sweat and toil, even that is a gift of God. It is all a gift. And we depend upon the rituals of thanksgiving to help us remember that. Moses did not tell the people of God to remember where their success had come from because God is expecting a thank you note. Neither do we come to church this day because we think that God will bless those who say the litany of thanksgiving once a year. We come because we cannot have a relationship with the giver of all good gifts if we have forgotten where those gifts come from. We cannot turn to God for help if we have forgotten that it is God who has helped us in every generation. Today, we rekindle that spirit of gratitude that binds us to the God whose blessings have no limit. May the remembrances that we offer to God this day strengthen our faith and sustain us in times of plenty and in times of want. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.